Welcome to our first episode of 2023 for Corner of Hunter and George, episode 40 of Peterborough's Art and Cultural Podcast. Well, Tapes in Motion are one of Peterborough's Nogo Jiwanong's musical duos. They consist of Tristan Conkle and Colby McAllister, longtime schoolmates. Quotes, they give us an ever-changing musical style over top of abstract thought and emotional uncertainty. Synth-driven, outgrowing adolescence. They certainly had a youthful spark to our musical scene. In November of 2022, they released the EP Art and Your Religion, and I recently got to speak to the two and got to meet two of the brightest faces for a musical scene. I should mention as well, and I'll repeat this later, they are going to be performing on January 21st at Sadler House with Field Blur. So, here is my conversation with Tapes in Motion. Good to have both of you with with me here today. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I guess I'll just start off with uh, how are you doing on this uh, winter of 2023, uh, especially a day like today? Oh, how's the new year going for you so far, in other words? Pretty pretty good, pretty smooth, pretty it's cold. Smooth. Yeah, pretty yeah. cold, for sure. Yeah. It's a nice blue sky today, so we're really uh, we're trying to soak that in. Right, right. Is this Is this a positive kind of environment for songwriting or not? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you can always get your best kind of material out of a day like today. I mean, if you're trying to go gloomy, then I think, I think as long as you're inspired, you can come up with something pretty good. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. So I guess I'll start off. Most of my questions either of you can answer. I have some individual ones, but that'll be later. But uh, I guess I'll start off with, uh, how did the two of you meet each other? Wow. I take it that's a longer, I take that's a long story, but, uh, yes. Uh, I can, I can make it short, but, um, in fifth grade, I moved schools and the teacher sat me down on my first day at the, uh, at the table with Tristan and we met in fifth grade. Yeah. So like we've known each other for nearly 10 years and we first bonded over what? Like Lego, Lego storytelling. Yeah. And yeah, well, cause we used to write scripts together back in fifth grade for TV shows we wanted to make in the future. But yeah. Yeah. But now we're musicians instead, which we're much more happy about. Exactly. Right. Right. Well, Lego though does have a power of connection. So, mm-hmm. all right. Okay. And am I correct in saying you both went to Adam Scott collegiate together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I didn't really know anything about you too much till, uh, Art and Your Religion came out on November 18th. So I just don't know if anyone can comment on where that title comes from. I, I did notice uh, that line is referred to on the song, Nothing Left to Do. But uh, yeah. I don't know if uh, that I, I don't know if anyone can comment on the title of that al- of the album. 
Yeah. What's funny, because when we were demoing um, that song, the lyric was originally, I think it was art and non-religion. And I think it was around September or October, we were like planning the release of the EP. Um, and I was just going like finishing up that song in particular. Um, and I changed it to art and religion. Um, and when I did that, I just thought, wow, I think that's, uh, I don't know. It's a pretty cool title. Yeah. I don't think like it's, uh, mm-hmm. too, too like deep or meaningful to, uh, like us personally, but we mm-hmm. think you thought it sounded pretty cool. Yeah. It's a cool name. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, one thing I, I, I hate doing is uh, about any, any artist or especially of music throwing out empty cliches about what their, you know, paintings look like or what their sounds or songs sound like. So I'll let you do that. How would you describe your sound as a band? See, that's something that we've always kind of had difficulty with only because we've, we've kind of done so many different things. I think synth pop is the primary kind of genre that we focus on. Um, but we do like to rock out. So I yeah. think like all alternative rock would be another nice descriptor for us. We branch out between a lot of different genres and sounds and try to experiment with a lot of things that we're new to. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, we don't really like to like put ourselves in a box either. So I think like, I think staying in the world of synth pop, but like bringing in other elements, like, uh, like for instance, on nothing left to do. That's, that's a pretty noisy kind of almost, um, uh, what's the, like almost grungy. Almost. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think synth pop. Probably the best, right? And another thing I, in general, find incomplete is when, like, people I'm asked to, you know, ask for people's influences. But I did notice somewhere that uh, one of you referred to the Stokes as something you both listen yeah. to a lot. Yeah, yeah, the Strokes. Yeah, we have a ton yes. of different influences in our belt. Like, I grew up listening to the Beatles. Uh, we bonded over Twenty One Pilots. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like when we first started playing music together, we played a lot of their songs. Um, and then, yeah, more like recent years, like the strokes for me personally, Vampire Weekend, um, Arctic Monkeys. Um, but Colby has like a, a really big background of, of music that he listens to and, and a lot of different, like for, in terms of drumming and, and percussion, he's, he's, he has a really great background to, to bring to the table for, for when we record drums and, and, and track that stuff. Okay. Well, since we're on that, uh, yeah. So Colby, I'll ask you specifically what got you into drumming? Um, so it's, it's a funny story. It was about like eighth grade. Tristan, um, had recently started doing music himself and wanted to make a band. And he just asked me if I wanted to play drums in this band he was making. And I'd never even played drums before. So, um, I was interested and Tristan taught me the basics and I've kind of just gone on from there. But he's so like, to be fair though, he's so much better than me now. Like I could, (laughs) I could absolutely not shred it like he can. So. Yeah, I'm I'm very grateful to have him in my team. Yeah, I think everyone agrees uh you can't be a great band without a great drummer. So um it's definitely an essential. So you must have Tristan, you must have seen some natural talent there then. then oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes. And so since he was talking about um like your background of listening and perhaps drumming influences you have. So in it from a drumming perspective, what influence, what influences do you have Colby? Um, so I actually used to not as much anymore, but I used to listen to a lot more like heavier bands, metal sort of bands. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, I think that really helps me like keep rhythm and keep, cause like how fast the music I used to listen to would be, it kind of helps me be able to, you know, pick it up on heavier songs, faster songs and slow it down. It gives me a good variety. There's a few bands I, I listen to nowadays that I take inspiration from. It's one band, Starbenders, is definitely um, a primary for me. Okay. Now, this album itself is a, like a long, I'm reading it as being a long process in songwriting that goes all the way back to maybe even 2017. Yeah. Is, is that correct, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny. I've always wanted my first body of work to kind of represent my, my beginning as like a songwriter. So when it came time to like start recording like music, like seriously that we knew we wanted to put out, um, I don't know. I, I just went back to a lot of songs that I'd written um, when I first started writing songs like You and Me, uh, The End of It All, uh, Turquoise Dream. Like they were all... Um, maybe not entirely, but the initial idea had been conceived like that long ago. Um, and I just, I don't know. I always, I always thought it was cool how you could have a song, like have an idea for a song that could start years ago. And then, you know, it, it, it doesn't really turn into anything until one day, boom, you just have like a, a burst of creativity and, and you end up finishing that initial idea and that, uh, thing. So I, I always love going back and, and seeing what I can make of, of those uh, almost like I sketches of ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, it can take a long time to bring all those together. So mm-hmm. going through some specific songs. So the one you, one of the ones you just mentioned there, the end of it all seems like on the one hand, kind of a relationship ending kind of song, but on the other one, it seems kind of like to have a element of dark mystery to it. I don't know if there's anything you can add to where that song comes from or even how it was produced. Yeah, well, see, cause that, um, I, when I write lyrics, I kind of like to, to tread the line of relatability, but also like kind of being abstract. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that, that song in particular, I, uh, I recorded back when I was doing my college program, uh, at Seneca College, uh, their independent music production. And for our final, uh, for our final song that we got to do as part of that program, um, we got to go in a studio up in Toronto and, and record. Um, and so that's, that's where that song came from, uh, during that time. Okay. And what, what producer did you do work with or is it just a self-produced thing or? Yeah. Well, um, we, we primarily produced it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because, see, I went for audio engineering and so I, I really uh, learned a lot about like how to record, how to how to mix, how to how to track, how to edit, all that stuff. Um, but when we went up in Toronto, um, my professors uh, John Switzer and uh, Alf Annabellini um, were there to assist me and 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 uh, make sure things went went smoothly. It was it was just a really great learning opportunity for me, and, and I'm so grateful that I I had those two to work with because because now like the rest of the songs on the EP. Um, we're just recorded like in my bedroom. Okay. Okay. And well, since you brought it up there, so Tristan, I think it, I, I don't know if you're still in the program or not, but you at least are taking or have taken independent music production at Seneca. Is that correct? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what you're a, referring to. Yeah. 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 That was a year long program that I took, um, last year. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was super, super fun. I'm so happy. Okay. All right. And besides obviously some audio engineering skills, is there other things you sort of feel like you gained from it that gave you a greater sense of knowledge of? Oh, yeah. Um, I think like bottom line, it's not like a specific thing really, but I think it just 
taught me to not overcomplicate things so much and realize that like uh if something's not working don't try and and push it to a place where it doesn't necessarily need to go maybe just come back with fresh ears or maybe just if or maybe just uh take it to a place where you're not typically comfortable with going um so i think it just really helped open me up as an artist and as a songwriter and and try new things that otherwise I, I would have never done uh, if I hadn't taken the program. Okay. Now to, t- sorry, just to take a step back into the past. So I'm just, I was curious, I'm curious about the story of uh, a band Drift and Collide. Is that just the two of you under a different name or is, does that have a different story to it? Did it have a different sound? I, I think I heard one track somewhere and it seemed to have kind of like a heavier, kind of darker sound to it than what I was hearing on this album, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, Drifting yes. Slide um, was our old band before Tapes in Motion. Um, we put, do you want to you talk? Yeah, yeah whoever wants to, yeah. So Drifting Collide uh, goes back to the beginning of 2018, mm-hmm. um, where Tristan heard about a um, a little challenge run by Trend Radio. Yeah, oh yeah, the RPM challenge. Yeah, so basically okay. it was to write, record, and release an album within a month and Tristan thought you know what I want to do that but I want to do it with like a band sort of thing so Tristan and I started uh trying to write and record some stuff but uh in the end I don't think we even completed one song for no. that album we were going to do um but Drift and Collide stayed a thing and we've ha- we it had mainly Tristan and I but had a few other people in and out throughout the years and we did release three singles and one EP, which is no longer streaming. But, you know, it was a, uh, it was primarily Tristan and I under a different name, but we did have a few other people in and out at times. Yeah. Okay. It was a great recording experience. Yeah. Like just to be in a band. Like, I don't think we could be in Tapes of Motion without having, without having that as our past. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. I got it. Um, and, um, and that's so, yeah, so basically you're saying you've always sort of uh, been a duo, even though you had a few different people and drift and collide. And do you feel like there's an advantage to being just a duo over maybe having a three to five piece band? I mean, for live shows, it can be kind of difficult. See, because we play mm-hmm. backing tracks. So we're, we don't have the luxury of like playing with other musicians. Um, but at the same time, we're uh, we're really tight together. So I think like, uh, like what I'm doing, he knows. Like Colby knows exactly, like the back of his hand. Like in terms of, of like if I if I play him something, um, I don't know. He's just so in tune, and I think uh, I think that's the benefit of of us kind of just still playing together. We've thought about bringing some other people in, but um, I don't know. I kind of I kind of just like it keeping it the two of us. Right, and I, I'm not saying you sound like this band at all, but it could be almost like turned into a bit of a white stripes kind of thing, where uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're switching from one instrument to another, and Colby's going nuts on the drums, kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I hate picking favorites, but if I was to pick a favorite on my album, so I'm just going back to these individual tracks. I, I really did love the piece Turquoise Dream. Kind of has a bit of a melancholy sound to it, but I also love, there's some sort of sound at the end of the song. I kind of love whatever that, whatever's being done there. So, uh, any comments on that track or how it was produced? 
that was kind of like the first well we we did a whisper together see because when we yeah. first started when when we first started putting music out it was under like just my name um but as we began recording more and more songs for the project it just became so evident how important colby was in in both the recording process um but even just like the image part of everything um and so uh, in October, we made the transition to Tapes in Motion. But I always think of Turquoise Dream as kind of like the first song we really did together. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of, like, the drum, the drumming on that song in particular, probably my favorite uh, on the entire album, uh, sp- specifically that one bridge where you're doing all those yeah. spells. And- yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, another thing about Turquoise Dream, it's another one of those songs that goes all the way back to... Um, all the way back to 2017. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. sometime in the summer of that year, Tristan uh, coming to me and messaging me. He's like, oh, I just wrote a new song called Turquoise Dream. And I think the lyrics have stayed the exact yeah. same since 2017. <laughs> yeah. Well, and see, I thought about changing them. But when it's like, when it goes so far back like that, it almost feels like it's not allowed. Like you shouldn't be allowed to alter them because they're just so... I don't know. Whenever I think of that song, I just, I, I think of the words and um, I just, I don't, I think I'm good at not changing them. Okay. Um, and now another song that comes to mind is Time Won't Tell, because that's a great track as well. And that's one you did with somebody else. from what you're saying about your a lot of your influences there it has kind of like that 2000s indie kind of sound to it um so tell me about uh who you worked on with this piece and how it came to be how's it how, as it is right now on art near religion yeah so i i wrote that song with a friend of mine from college uh anisa anisa hill mm-hmm. and uh it was actually written from one of our um songwriting classes um we had to uh, I think it was like a collaboration class. So we were just randomly assigned together by our teacher. Um, but we'd been wanting to, cause we'd been in the program together for a while and we talked like prior to this specific assignment about maybe doing some songs together. Um, but when we were paired together, um, yeah, the song just seemed to, uh, to, to flow out of us. We wrote it over a zoom call over like the course of, of eight or so hours. Um, we just sent files back and forth because she lives in Toronto. So mm-hmm. we were we weren't able to record it like with each other. Um, but yeah, no, that, and that was, that was also like the first time I like, aside from you, like really had worked with another, uh, an artist on like a songwriting level. Um, and so, yeah. Right. And the bands, Oh, sorry. One more track. Just, I gotta say, uh, and you and me, uh, there's that line I find interesting, the trigger happy boy with a lot of rage. I'm just curious, I guess, is that song like from, uh, again, like this two set is 2017, I guess this pre COVID period, or is that a more recent songwriting piece? Yeah, that's like, 
I think I think it was that was written probably a little bit after Turquoise Dream, but yeah, that's another one that that's mm-hmm. basically the same from from all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And Utris is specifically like yeah, you do have definitely some uh, like more uh, kind of like abstract kind of style to your songwriting, and it, it works really quite well with the album. But and do you have like a sort of past history yourself of writing poetry, or just so, you've just come right into songwriting because it is sort of different in a way. Yeah, yeah, I did. Well, see, because like like we said earlier, we we used to write scripts, so we were mm-hmm. always really into storytelling. Um, and then from there, um, I think I just started to play guitar, really. And I I've been listening to lots of, uh, like I said, growing up on the Beatles and and Oasis, like when I was when I was younger. Um, I just always wanted to write songs like they did and just experiment the way that they did. Um, and so I think. I think maybe I was I was 14 when I first started writing, um, but it definitely took me a few years to kind of to kind of refine the way that I write and and just in the way that I I talk about things because yeah a lot of my earlier songs um, like even predating Turquoise Dream and You and Me were um, I think a little too abstract in the sense where it was like almost like what is this guy talking about like yeah. Um. Okay, and the name of the band, I, I, I'm taking it when you're saying tape for Tapes in Motion, you are actually thinking of things some people don't even know what they are anymore, cassette tapes, but I don't know. <laughs> Anyone can maybe comment. I'll, I'll put it on you, Colby. Where does the name of the band come from? Um, honestly, I'm not too sure. I think you just kind of came up with it, didn't you? I think so. Because I remember one day we'd been performing – with just Tristan's name for a while. And then we did one thing of Tristan and Colby, which was kind of weird. And I don't know, we've always felt like we needed a name. So we we're kind of brainstorming stuff. And then one day Tristan and I went out for burritos for lunch and he gave me this, this piece of paper, which is kind of like, it was like a plan for um, this band tapes in motion. And then that's kind of just where it started. The, the good old business plan. Yeah. Yes. Business plan. Okay. Over burritos. Can't be yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and you did a show, uh, back in November, I think at Sadler House with, uh, Van the Man. Yeah. So just, just specifically him, I guess, if you have a close working relationship with him, but in a, in a broader level, do you, have you developed sort of like, uh, relationships and ties with Peterborough's music community in general? Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, well, cause we've gone to like a few different shows around town ourselves, like just to get acquainted with like some of the talent and, uh, yeah, Van the Man's, Van the Man's really great. Uh, we've, we've, we've been able to kind of build a nice, uh, relationship with him and, and have talked about, uh, like doing more shows together, um, and maybe even potentially doing some recording together. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah, like other artists too that are around, um, like for instance, on, uh, yeah, this this coming Saturday we're going to be playing with another uh, like semi local band. I think they're from Perth, but the fella goes to school here. Uh, Field Blur. Yes. Um, yes. And they're uh, they're really terrific too. Um, and then and then uh, well, because yeah, back in October we played at kind of like a it's almost like an artist showcase thing at Sadler House uh, where they had a bunch of different people come in and and uh, like from from all different backgrounds. Like there was hip hop. Um, there was, there was this really wonderful, uh, girl on ukulele. Her name was Harba Junkie. Um, and then also, yeah, Cap and Kira. Yeah. And um, Swift. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we've been able to make uh, quite a few acquaintance, acquaintances so far in the uh, industry. Okay. That's good to hear. Cause sometimes I worry uh, that our, you know, there was kind of like a, like a rich period uh, up till like somewhere in the 2010s and like uh, COVID happened and, you know, things have gotten more challenging for people and it's kind of stopped after a certain age level, but it's good to hear it's, it's going for people like 25 and under still. That's good. Right. Yes. Um, now uh, I, I believe Tristan, if I'm correct, you once before did a cover of sweet dreams are made of this. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. And why that song? Um. Yeah. Well, see, we've always been kind of torn on doing covers because we mm-hmm. just have so much music of our own that a cover just adds kind of another, um, or at least we used to think it added like another level of difficulty to like doing shows, like incorporating another artist song. Um. Mm-hmm. But when we were rehearsing for that show back in October, we were trying to think of, of just a really fun song to play. Um. So we try it out a few different ones. We always used to play uh, Pack and Drift to Clyde Days, Tainted Love. Oh, okay, um, yeah. But uh, when it came time to do this show, we weren't sure. If we wanted, wanted to, to do... switch it up. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we were just going through like a bunch of, like a list of songs that I'd always wanted to cover. Um, and we landed on Sweet Dreams. And it was like, just clicked right away. Yeah. Okay. These 80s things come up, I guess, naturally for those, if, if anytime you're going to do a cover. Now, mm-hmm. maybe perhaps my, uh, most important question, uh, anything you can tell the public, I guess, in the process of how you write songs together? Like, do, does one of you bring some material and the other person brings the other and you sort of collaborate together? Or is it kind of a different kind of just, uh, uh like you kind of do it on the spot or a bit of both? <laughs> See, the past EP, it was more like, because I built, because I built up like a, a, quite a big catalog of songs that I'd written. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like earlier, yeah, earlier last year, um, Colby had been coming around and, and we'd been just like doing little jams and rehearsals um, at my place. And uh, I, I'd just been showing them all these, all these songs I'd been writing. Um, but see, because I'm not, I'm not a drummer, so I don't think like, and I don't, I don't really, I, I think about rhythm and percussion, but maybe not in the same way that he would. So I'd have all these songs. I just play them on acoustic guitar. Um, and then I, I don't know. It was pretty just, much just like a loop behind them. And then, yeah. But then you like, that's the thing I love about playing with Colby. Like he just gets mm-hmm. it so well. Like, like if I'm playing a song, he picks it up right away. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. So he, in terms of, in terms of percussion, he's, he's really wonderful. Well, thank you. Of course. Hey, that's that's great. All right. So yeah. So uh, you bring source. So you're saying basically you bring your catalog, and uh, you kind of work it out together. And Colby's really quick at picking up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because I have so many songs too, and I'm kind of a, a difficult. Like I can't really judge them properly, um, but showing them to Colby is always great because I can always tell if it's a good song or if it's a bad song, whether or not the way he reacts to it, he's pretty optimistic. So like he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't really dislike any song in particular, but if he does, then I know it's got to be a bad song. (laughs) Even if Uh, it's a bad song, we can make it good. mm -hmm. Okay. So are there a lot of like, um, like take like songs you've done that like you've thought, okay, this isn't good enough to be putting out into public. 
kind of yeah thing. well like for it like even nothing left to do started out completely mm-hmm. different yeah to the way we put it out it was um it's like it's like this acoustic guitar thing and then um when i was demoing it to show it to colby i just programmed these um like what like brushes almost yeah, like, for yeah. Drums. um but then uh i showed it to him and uh we just we were just talking about it and, and the direction we could take it um and maybe some things he wanted to hear and some things that i i thought i i could change um and then it just yeah totally changed switched like it, into that like just dirty grimy kind of like right? yeah. yeah yeah which is just something that i don't know at least for us i don't think we've ever really done before. no so that was kind yeah. of new territory for us now what now just to maybe clarify one area of confusion i believe under both apple and spotify and perhaps others uh the band's songs are under your name personally tristan yeah it's emotion so maybe if you could say why that is the case or if you're planning on changing that or that sort of yeah so on on apple music i believe i'm not sure what i I know spotify were tapes in motion yeah but are you okay um yeah so when we when we changed the song back in what september yeah um when we made the switch to tapes in motion there was end of it all was already out a whisper was already out and turquoise dream was already out and oh and all time under hotel. yeah and time hotel all under tristan's name and so i switched them i think in october um and it didn't take long for spotify to update but apple music is still just um, processing okay. <laughs> yeah so we're hoping uh by the time we put our next project out it'll it'll have been changed um but yeah it's been quite a while now yeah Okay. Well, just that's just to clarify. I'll probably put that in my show notes, but just to clarify in case there's any uh, confusion or of Apple users listening. Yeah, to yeah we've had a yes. few people uh, message yeah. us about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I guess this, I keep mentioning before COVID and after COVID, it's almost seems as significant as BC and AD. But anyway, I'll go before COVID in 2018. This is, I guess, for you, Tristan. You were at... Uh, I was not there, but I interpret it being like an American Idol-like competition called oh, Snowfest. Yes. yes, I was. Yes, and you were a finalist. Congratulations there. Uh, and I, I just, I wasn't able to find it. But what two songs did you perform at that? Oh, I, was, I think I was told you had to perform two songs, and that's yeah. what they judged you on. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh, you did uh, "Color of Your Soul." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think I played Color of Your Soul on the piano, which was another song that had been kind yeah, of... Yeah, I saw you on the piano, so it must have been a piano piece, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was... Very early song. Yeah, like Turk, maybe even maybe even right after Turquoise Dream yeah. and You and Me. Um, and then I think the other song I played, it might have been on guitar, was... Um, oh my god, what was it? It... um. I think it was New Shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is I one. remember that one. Yeah. That's I, an oldie. Right? I completely forgot about that one. Wow. Yeah, back when Tristan first uh, did a few performances on his own before, like, a whole band thing, I went to his first uh, performance that was at the Stage Cafe. Yeah, yeah. And you played both of those songs, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, and You and Me. I and You and Me, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, because I remember... The first, I always wanted to play, like, you and me to be one of the first things I ever performed. Um, but I think it was you and then our, we, we had an, our, our, our other friend. Um, you guys were in the audience. Yeah. And you guys said, um, every time I say you and me, you guys were going to correct me and say you and I. Oh, so that's yeah. That's the way it should yeah. be. <laughs> right. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I just thought it might have been some yeah significant turning point perhaps in uh, musical development. But yeah. um well, so yeah, it, right after then, to, or drifting collide. Yeah, think, pretty much well. right after the Snowfest thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. And now, just briefly about drifting collide. Did you do many live shows as a band then? We did plenty. Yeah, we did a okay. lot. Um, school performances after school and for like school assemblies. And then we performed a lot of times at the Stage Cafe. Yeah. And then, and then, like, right around the time, right before COVID hit, we've been playing at uh, the Carnet, um, which I think has since closed. Um, and yeah. I think we Sadly, played at the yes. Black Horse, too, yeah. right? The Black mm-hmm. Horse, like, Friday, right before the March break of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll let you talk about the concert you have coming up at Sadler. But just in general, do you have a, I assume you have a lot of uh, live music plans for 2023 like at least uh wanting to perform at different spots over the year yeah absolutely yeah is that, is, is that kind of the stage you're at now like you're wanting to perform these songs and you just you know still not that long ago you put out the ep yeah yeah i think i think too because uh being in lockdown for so long i guess we've been mm-hmm. out of it for like for a while now for a, yeah for, for a good little bit but i don't know i still have the urge to get out and play um and just too like i want to get people up dancing and just having yeah a good time um meeting more people introducing mm-hmm. music to more people yeah yeah no I, f- I feel that's that's a good essential to have yes um so i guess uh is there anything you can say more about uh the concert you have upcoming is it uh is it this uh a week a week from uh or yeah, basically next weekend. Is that when it is? Yeah. Next, yeah, next Saturday. Saturday. With, with, okay. All right. Yeah. We're uh, opening up for field blur. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like a 45 minutes. Yeah. Set. Something like so that. We're, we're going to be playing for a good little while. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, I hope that goes well. So just uh, finally, uh, if people want to find out more or listen more to tapes in motion, what do you suggest they, they look for or turn to? Probably our Instagram page is where we're most active in promoting yeah. our stuff mm-hmm. and announcing stuff. Yeah. And it's all, yeah, all one word tips in motion. Find us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, and, and listen to our EP. Um, I guess if you want like a full kind of idea of what we do, we have a little bit of everything on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our EP, Art and Religion. We got a music video out on YouTube. We recorded yeah. uh, back in the fall for our music video, A Whisper. And then, oh, and then we also have some stuff we were uh, able to, we, we were able to do, um, last fall, um, over at the Your TV studios. Um, so we have two songs from those sessions, The End of It All and Turquoise Dream up on our YouTube as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much for this. And, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, if not tomorrow, definitely by uh, Tuesday, I'll have this, I'll have this out. All right. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day. All right, thank you. All right. Well, I'll include in my show notes things about uh, their EP, uh, other information you can find on Tapes in Motion. I'm going to dedicate this episode. Well, first of all, I'm proud I got episode 40, about, what, a year and a quarter? That's not too bad. Gonna dedicate this episode to two special Boston Terriers. One who sadly passed away Christmas Eve. I mentioned this on my Trent radio show not too long ago. Seamus, lovely dog, 2012 to 2022. 
And also a new life, Wallace. Wallace Rose, female Boston Terrier, just born and ranked November 20th. And yeah, she's giving me a lot of life right now. Circle of life continues. Again, uh, Tapes in Motion are performing at Sadler House on November 21st. And I'm going to end off now with what I was alluding to my favorite song of theirs, Turquoise Dream. See you next time on Corner of Hunter and George.